Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kyanite fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. So close yet so far, a horror final five minutes sees United crash out the FA Cup and miss out on a glamour tie at Charlton or Stockport. We look back on that disappointing defeat at Walsfall before previewing this weekend's clash with Sutton United at Brunton Park. I didn't feel like that intro was that long, and yet I got caught out by it. I was going to say, you had to rush it in at the end there, I didn't did, you? yeah. I think there's a, there was a slight delay for for you saying your bit, which is, some, probably doesn't come across that way to you, does it, Dan? But there, but there you go. No. Uh, oh, how are you doing, mate, after that uh, disappointing defeat last weekend? Gutted that we conceded in the 93rd minute to ruin my perfect prediction. I know, that's that's probably the thing you're most disappointed about, isn't it? You probably thinking. Yeah. Cheers, Thomas. You sorted me out with a nice one with five <laughs> points in the prediction league, but no, no, they couldn't hold on. Um, yeah, so disappointing. I, I think the only solace to take from it, isn't it, the fact that, <laughs> that the, the tie they got in the FA Cup, Walsall, um, and which, which we should say, that is, I know the butterfly effect and all that, it wouldn't necessarily have been drawn the same way, but the ball numbers would have been exactly the same, wouldn't they? So yeah, definitely. we've basically missed out on it. On a trip to either Charlton or Stockport, um, Charlton wouldn't have been a bad one for a day out in London, but mind you, with, with the trains potentially off, probably not. So, um, yeah. all around, just, a, just a, a, a miserable. I just felt miserable on Saturday evening after that, and I've not felt like that after a game much this season. Not even after like the defeat no. to Stockport. It was a kind of feeling we really blew this one, but um, but there you go. We'll get onto that shortly, won't we, Dan? Um, First up, we've got all uh, the usual uh, stuff in terms of uh, sponsors and uh, telling you where you can find us on social media and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, once again this season, the podcast is being sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, any good podcast app, whether it's you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Pocket Cast is the one that I use. If you just go and find, uh, search for the Brunton Bugle, click subscribe, and every time a new episode comes out, you'll get a little alert telling you, hello, come and listen to this, and uh, you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, uh, at Brunton Bugle on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, just find our page and click like. And we're on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group and on the Cumbrians.net message board. And of course, as I always say, you can contact us the good old-fashioned way. Bugle at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, just yeah, the- and also, just on that, if you yeah. use a certain provider for your podcast... Let's say Spotify, you can your- you talk about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sick of seeing these lists all over social media. <laughs> but no, they do do lists of what you listen to the most and... Uh, there's one or two people have already sent us uh, tweets showing how high up we are on uh, 
their rankings for podcasts and it's uh, it's very much appreciated isn't it it is very much appreciated although i'm not appreciating the people who've got a third or fourth behind some of those other podcasts that's disgraceful well yeah we yeah, should be top yeah. we should be top that's it's fair yeah, enough no it, 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 it's lovely really to see these things it really is really nice I'll, I'll tell you one thing that i have noticed it's a um, couple of them how many sort of similar ones you know sort of like d3 d4 not the yeah. top 20 you know, all, all the decent sort of Under the Kosh podcasts. is on there as well, I yeah. think, as well, yeah. Which is a really good you know, podcast some, if you don't some, listen to Some already. good listening, you know. So, yes, it's just nice to see a nice mix in there. should say about D3-D4, um, I'm listening, they did a, an episode this week, also. They, don't, they don't cover the FA Cup games in the same way. They basically just do a sort of different episode. And um, they were reviewing their uh, end-of-season predictions for how teams are going to do. Uh, this season in League Two, in terms of you know who's going to be in the playoffs and promotions and stuff like that, three of the four hosts put us in third place, Ooh. which feels like the kiss of death almost, doesn't it? Really, it's um, and yeah. uh, Gabe Sutton's revised his list mm. as well, hasn't he? I think he's got he's us top put three us third too. as well. Yeah, yeah. And it, interestingly, the the other person put Barrow in fourth place, but had us down mm. to win the playoffs. So, so basically, <laughs> if you believe the the experts, uh, we've gone from being lower mid table to uh, going up. Which that I think I think a me. lot of that is the fact that we're you know fifth sixth. With so many injuries. It's kind of the polar opposite to what happened last time, isn't it? Where we got ourselves up into first place with a fully fit squad and then got hit by COVID and never recovered. So kind of a weird way around of looking at it, isn't it? Right, let's get into the news, Dan. Uh, only one real bit of news to do this week before we do the loan watch. Um, and it's the reserves. They were back in action finally in midweek. Um mm. Up against Blackpool at Brunton Park in the is it the Central League Cup? Is it? Something like that. I can't remember what the actual title of it is. It's something like that, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's basically there's a Central League, which is a reserve league. Yeah. We pulled out of that several years ago, yeah. but you are allowed to stay in the Central League Cup, which is yeah. a series of irregular games. We're in a group with Fleetwood, Blackpool, and Accrington. We're usually against similar sort of teams. Mm. Uh, we're still to play Accrington. It was meant to be in October. It never happened. There, there is a fixture list floating about for this cup, but yeah. the number of changes to it is incredible. And Carl had the most forthcoming of clubs with their, uh, not their attitude, but maybe their approach to this. Yeah. You know, we, we played Blackpool on the main pitch this week behind closed doors. We've played Preston away before with Preston running minibus from the ground to the training ground for fans who want to watch. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a tiny little bit annoying because I, I know one or two folk, some of the older boys who sit with me, they like to go to these games, you know, something to do on an afternoon and yeah. they're ringing up and being told how to behind closed doors. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you would need a steward on duty and that, but, you know, goodwill sort of thing yeah i'm just trying to find the central league itself i mean the efl's actual thing the fixtures is is a pdf which is quite frankly yeah, annoying yeah. trying to work out i think there's only eight teams maybe in the league now it's a very yeah, sort of small thing now and i think it's yeah. generally i'm looking at preston wrexham bolton uh huddersfield fleetwood accrington uh blackpool and i think that's it there's mm. one one more missing i've probably missed there but i think there's basically seven or eight teams in it so it's not it's not really a big thing, the whole reserve sort of football anymore, is it, sadly? But um, I, th- I think it's an expensive thing as much as anything. And having, there's always a fear of, like, 
sometimes you're struggling to get a squad together, as we have done for quite a while. You have to play the youth team in these games, aren't you? And it's yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't quite work as well. But I'd, yeah. I'd say the I'd say the best thing would probably be a slightly bigger cup with a couple more games. So you're yeah. getting semi regular. But you know some of the some of these teams have proper B teams now, don't they? Yeah, and maybe under twenty threes and Bs. Uh... And you could if, if even you could invite some like lower non league teams into it as well, maybe just to, yeah. to, to make well, wreck some of that. Yeah, I mean, also wreck some sort of very different to <laughs> yeah. others. Really yeah, true, true. But yeah, uh, so yeah, United went down to a two 0 defeat in this game, um, but it, it sounded like it could have been a lot more <laughs> from what, what yeah. I read. Um, Gavin Skelton wasn't particularly scathing, though, was he, in his sort of post-match comments about this game, he was in charge for this match. I think his feeling was they've got a proper development squad, Blackpool, so their lads basically yeah. play quite regularly, whereas our lads are all lads who aren't getting much football at the moment. So for them, it was just getting minutes into their legs. Um, some of the nails, it was a mixture of, sort of youth team and sort of fringe players, but players haven't really had much action we had, lately. No, we had, I thought we had quite a strong team out today. We did, we did. Not, I think, sorry, I think, not today, but... I think the key thing is that, a lot, like I said, a lot of them have not played much football of late, have they? Yeah, think, yeah, so yeah. Mick Kelly in goal, obviously, but then um, you had uh, Ben Barkley making his first appearance for, for a while, obviously, coming back from his injury. Sonny Hilton and uh, Jamie Devitt and... Jaden Harris all in midfield. Duncan Iden's not really played much football at all for us. Jack Stretton and Toby Show Silver up front. But I think the most important one of all was Joel Senior back on the pitch after nine months, almost exactly nine months out since his injury at Salford. Fantastic to see him back in first team action, wasn't it? I, I, would, also reserve suggest, action, I, should say. I would also suggest the fact he was subbed at half time was probably a pre planned thing. I think that they. they I think Skelton said that, wasn't it? He was always only going to get 45 minutes, basically, just to get it into yeah. his legs. So I think the plan is, there's a, is it Cumberland Cup next week, is it possibly? Yes, I'm uh, playing Branstie in the Cumberland Cup next midweek. So. And then there's, there's another one the week after, I think. So I imagine he's probably going to get 60 minutes maybe in them as well. It's, it's may, I'll say it's maybe that Accrington game then. Yeah, you'd imagine that, that, that that's what you think, isn't it, really? Get, 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 get minutes into his legs and... As we'll find out in a minute, the timing couldn't have come much better, could it? Really, with um, other injury news we had in the last um, week or so, um, to have him back fit and and raring to go, yeah. hopefully, really, really is, is good timing. Um, but yeah, so bit of a disappointing defeat. But I think as as Skelton said, he was just getting minutes into the legs of the players. So, yeah. so there you go. Speaking of to getting minutes into the players' legs, obviously the the loan watch section we um, we look at the. The youngsters who are out on loan at other clubs getting good minutes and good experience in, in, into them. Um, first up, we sort of started the hi- highest ranks, I suppose, if you can call it that um, <laughs> level. Uh, Max Killsby at Anon Athletic, a decent point for Anon at the weekend. They drew 1-1 with Sean Ra, but no action for Max. He was dropped to the bench, wasn't he, for this one? So um, he didn't come on. Um, next up for them is a trip to Methil to take on East Fife at the weekend. I always love that the Scottish teams. I have to go and Google to find out exactly where they're from, most of them, because oh, they're not actually even named after the place they are, aren't they? So. Why did you do that, I'm on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually could have asked you, couldn't I, I suppose? Yeah. There you go. I, I knew, I'm, I knew, I'm, I'm the sad stato knows all these useless things. I, I knew I knew East Fife was one of these random teams. I just couldn't remember exactly where. That was yeah. the problem. I was trying to like think, where, where are they from again? So, yeah, there you go. Um Right, uh, Lewis Bell. Um, he had cup action this weekend, Lewis. Uh, it was the uh, East of Scotland Qualifying Cup. 
against uh, Dunbar United. Unfortunately, they went down to a 2-1 defeat. But once again, it's another start for Lewis. More, more minutes into his legs. Um, and this weekend, they face Cowden Beef at Raydale Park in the Lowland League. Now, Lewis Bell, just want, before we move on, I want to talk about this one. He's there for the season, isn't he? I think I think he's got a season-long loan at Gretna. Or is it a half season? I can't remember with Lewis. I think it was half, but I'm not sure. Half season. What What do you do? Let, let's say there's always going to be a split there anyway, if you need to, isn't there, in January? Yeah. What do you do with Lewis come January? Do you, do you keep him there or do you think to yourself, can we try and find him somewhere a little bit higher standard than Gretna, possibly? It's a difficult one because he's, uh, he's getting minutes every week, isn't he? But they're really struggling now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... He's joint, it is till January. I was just Googling yeah. now. No disrespect at all to Gretna. Yeah. But the level of football they're playing. And how old's Lewis Bell now? Was it 2021? 20, Something like that. He needs to be playing higher for me. Yeah. I think I think he's I think he's suffered from obviously injury and he shall not be named. Completely overblown his trumpet. Yeah, that that and the uh, fact that he had that really bad spell of COVID, didn't he? As well, I think he was one. Yeah, of the yeah, that re- really knackered him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him playing a bit higher. Uh, personally, do you almost go to Peter Murphy and say, "Look, you can have him at Annan, and we'll take the hit on the wages if you want to have him in there as, a, as another body in there." But you could but you can't then, force a player in a club can you that's the thing no 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 and, but Peter Murphy might say well he hasn't really done too much for Gretna do I need mm. him possibly know? possibly mm. yeah it's a difficult one isn't it um, Sam Fishburne um, frustrating afternoon for Sam and Morpeth Town um, their slumping form continues went down to a 2-0 home defeat to Belper Town um, Sam actually came on in the 58th minute and the score was 1-0 at that point and he actually did hit the post with a header but unfortunately, um, 15 minutes to go, they conceded the second, and now they've dropped to, um, I've put 13, it's actually 14th in the table, they've dropped to, I mean, they were up in like second or third, weren't they, I think, when they mm. came in good form with Sam. But yeah. they've really dropped off of late, which is a real shame for, for them. But um, but again, it's good minutes for Sam, isn't it? That's, that's the important thing, he's getting good experience, yeah. and he's, he yeah. needs to really work on that, so there you go. Uh, another get appearance for Lewis Boyd for Carlos City at the weekend. Their game last weekend was called off due to a waterlogged pitch, but they were back in action um, with a trip over to North Yorkshire to face North Allerton Town. Unfortunately, ended in a 2-0 defeat. Um, up next to the Sky Blues, they've got home time with Pickering Town this weekend. Now, this is a 3pm kickoff, so if if you're smart, you can hot-foot your way over the city and potentially catch two games in a day. You'll probably miss the start of the Carlisle City game, I think that's fair to say. There's no You'd yeah. struggle to get it, unless you had... Someone waiting in a car across across the road on Brunton Crescent or something like yeah. that to to drive you over there. But but yeah, potentially you could do two games in one. I'm a bit annoyed about this now because if I'd known this, I would have booked a later train to go home. But I've already booked my train home now, so I'm gonna I miss that one. It would have been nice to tick off the ground as well. But um, but yeah, so chance to watch Lewis Boyd and Carl City in action potentially this weekend. Have you never been to Guildford? I've never been. No, but the thing is, they they always seem to play. They never the, the kickoff when times. Yeah, at home generally, yeah. a lot of the time. Just frustrating. Yeah, but yeah. what can you do? Um, all right. Well, we've put it off long enough, Dan. Uh, let's talk about the game then. Match review time. Sadly, we do. Walsall two, <laughs> Carlisle United one. I'm oh, so close to a place in the third round. So close to another what sixty odd 
grand in the coffers for a victory. And we blew it. There's no way of putting it. We we absolutely blew it. It's as I said during the intro when we, we started there. I, it's one of those rare occasions this season I've, I've genuinely been proper down and frustrated and almost angry after a game in in, in the evening when we've lost games. We lost to Stevenage. I wasn't too fussed. The Ori game, I was sort of angry because of what happened with the ref, but I was pleased with the way we played. Stockport. It can happen, isn't it? You know, they're a very well-resourced team. They're always likely to beat us. This one, I just felt like we'd just thrown away a really good chance. Yeah. I, I mean, when when we conceded the first, I think we all thought, ah, draw, not a bad result away after, you know, the game up here. You know, we all thought it was going to be a tough game. Yeah. To be honest, we'd have taken a draw, yeah. even despite conceding late. And uh, we could have had them up here next week, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, just, I, I just, I don't know, I, just, I was getting this feeling later on in the game. I was, sort of, I was watching something on the telly. I think it was one of the World Cup. It was a World Cup game on at that time, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. I think I was watching that. It was France-Denmark or something like that, I think. And I was sort of half watching that but listening at the same time with one earphone in, listening to Radio Cumbria. And I just had this sinking feeling. And like The way Lummy and, and James were talking as if, you know, we're controlling this, we're, we're fine, we're going to be okay. I thought, oh, I just feel like there's some proper sucker punch coming in. And it came, obviously, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first up, let's I mean, talk about, in terms of the team selection, obviously when it came to the team being announced, um, not a massive surprise at the back, was it really? Obviously both Feeney and back were out injured, so... Income Ellis and Whelan as they did in that game against Salford. No, no massive shock was it really to see them come in? No, no, yeah. not at all. Uh, Guy was disappointing to miss out. Yeah, uh, after such a good performance at Salford. Yeah, uh, I believe he had tonsillitis, so hopefully he's he's back for this week. Yeah, that's there. But obviously Gibson uh, made his return to the team. We went back to three five two. So I think Gibson actually had an okay first half from from what the commentary was saying. But I think Lummy was coming out. You know, he was getting in dangerous areas and he was causing problems, which is what, what you want to see from Jordan. Um, well, I, I think the, the problem with this game is we're not going to be able to talk too much about general chances because unfortunately the club don't put the extended highlights up on the uh, on their iFollow. You know, the, you know, you can subscribe to see all the extra videos and stuff. Well, they don't put them up for the FA Cup games. I think it's a it's a rights issue or something like that. So all I've been able to watch was the YouTube highlights. And yeah, there's not really much to show for us in that, is there? I think it's fair to say. Um, but then, I mean, well, you look at the stats, Dan. Six shots on in total, only three on target. Not really peppering the goal, was it? No. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. But... The one chance they really did get in the first half, they took, didn't they? Um, good bit of play down the left. Uh, John Mellish got into space. Interestingly, John Mellish was in midfield for a lot of this game, wasn't he? He sounded like very early on, Simo decided, no, I'm not happy with this, and pushed John into midfield, which he, he's done a few times this season, but seemed to do it quite early in this one. Um, little breakdown to the left for him. He plays the ball back to Armour, plays in a nice cross, and it's, it's a clever finish, isn't it, from Ryan Edmondson? Because it, it's a, it's quite an awkward height and it would have been very easy for him to get underneath it and balloon it over the bar or scuff it wide. But it's a lovely sort of... It's not a half volley because a half volley is when it's just hitting the ground, isn't it? One of those things people argue about. What, 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 what do you think is a half volley, done while we're here? A half volley is when you meet it either on the bounce or just after it bounces. 
But it can't be when it's bouncing, it's looping back up and down again. That's not a half volley, is it? In my opinion, not really. No, no. No. Some people think that, are they? So anyway, it, it, he caught it as it was coming up on the bounce, and it's a lovely finish, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. It really is. Yeah, it, I mean, his form. It has to be said. I mean, I got it to talking about it later, but we might as well cover it now. His his form's really picked up, hasn't it? Even allowing for that red card against Orient, three goals yeah, in his yeah. last five first team appearances. That takes a bit of the pressure off Tristan Dennis as well, doesn't it? In terms of his goals, yeah, yeah. he knows he can still and play his all round game. And I, do I it. think I think we've said before. I don't think Edmonton's ever going to be the twenty goal a season no. type striker. He's more the ten to twelve, but creates and brings others into mm. play because of you know. I think we we want. I think we possibly described him as a bit of a a Derek Holmes type, didn't we? Once, yeah. You know, and he will get goals, but he will also bring a hell of a lot of others in. You know what I mean? He's a bit like quicker than Derek, let's be fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. A bit he's, quicker he's, than Derek. Like, but... Derek, bless him, was never the fastest, but no. he, he knew how to hold the ball up and lay it off, you know. And, yeah, exactly. And you see a lot of that with Edmondson, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, second half, it's interesting. We'll, we'll talk about some of those comments later, but... It sounds like they pretty much dominated it in terms of chances and play. Um, uh, let's talk about the goal then. Where do you start with this one, Dan? The the equaliser. Uh, well. Tell you what, if, mm. if if Danny Baker was still putting together his own goals and gaffes video compilations, he would have been rubbing his hands watching this, wouldn't he? He'd have been saying, yeah. "Get get that up front and center. That's that's one of your first ones you're going to show." Um, yeah, it's basically Jaden Harris wins a sort of long punt forward and Jack Stretton tries to sort of shield the ball, but he gets sort of bullied off it by Manny Monta, which, to be honest, a lot of strikers will get bullied by Manny Monta. He's a big lad, isn't he? Big, strong, physical lad. And Monta gets the ball and almost instantly just launches the ball forward. And it is just a long, aimless sort of hoof, put it up there, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Thomas just misjudges it totally, doesn't he? That's the problem. Big time, yeah. I think what happens is when you watch it back, it's not a high looping ball forward, actually. It's fairly flat. And I think what happens is it's it's got so much power and pace and it's so flat. I think Holy's expecting the bounce to be a bit softer than it is. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. bounce comes right up and he's like, oh shit, I've come too far here. And... Yeah. He's not sure what to do. Obviously, he can't catch it with hands. He's going to get sent off if he does that. And, it, and it, 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 it doesn't go high enough for him to chest it, does it? And just boot it. Yeah. It comes at sort of almost hip thigh height. And he tries to control it with his hip or thigh. Unfortunately, he squirms through and Williams gets past him and puts it into the empty net. Um, yeah. I, we'll come back to talk about Harley in a minute, basically, because I've got that as one of the talking points. Um but at that point, you think to yourself, Dan, don't you? Right, don't do anything silly here now. It's 1-1. One, one. We've not really created in this in the second half. Let's just keep it tight. Let's act, let's take the replay, get them back to Brunton Park. We can beat them there. No bother. That'll be fine. And we don't, do we? No. Balls play forward. Um, we don't keep it up the other end. We actually have a chance. I think Charters possibly maybe in this instance didn't make the right pass or something like that, I think. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I can't see the highlights, so I can't tell. But it's one of those situations you think to sell at that point. Right. 93rd minute, there's what, five or six minutes added on. Get into the corner and just run the clock down. 
if they want to really chase the game fine but we don't need to chase the game we can we can take a draw at that point but for some reason we went for it they go back up the other end and I, I feel the defenders a little bit slack on this I think Huntington maybe can do a little bit better his body shape doesn't look quite right the through ball's played through and Douglas James Taylor's through on goal and he slots a, a really nice finish it should be said past Holy and that sparks the celebrations and Bedlam in the home end and and yeah, from that point onwards, we never. Re- I mean, we, we launched it forward a bit. We never really look. I mean, the problem was at that point. You have got Toby Show Sylvie who's not again, still not quite up to speed yet. He should be getting close soon, you'd hope. But obviously, with no reserve games, you're not being able to get any minutes into his legs. And Jack no, Stratton again, no. who's not quite got him back up, self up to speed again after his injury too. Them two leading the line was always going to make it a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? So yeah, and. Uh, there you go. They, they they pick up the, the the win and they're into the third round and they've got their lovely trip to either Manchester or London. <laughs> not not the kind of trip to Manchester or London they would have been hoping for, but nonetheless, that's what they're facing. So, I mean, should we go to the talking points, Dan? Let's, let, let's get into the yeah. talking about Hurley now then. So, let's talk about Tomash. Um, been quite a reaction to this online, hasn't there? Uh, particularly on yeah. the club's Facebook page and I've seen a few other places. A lot of calls of like, oh, he's let us down. He's he's, he's got a re- you know, he's, he's been making too many mistakes lately. You know, we, you know, drop him, get Mick Kelly in goal. I think that's a total overreaction. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, me too. Uh, he's actually played quite well recently. Yeah, I mean that, that game against <laughs> Salford. There's a strong argument he's kept us in that game basically. Yeah, with the two saves he made first half, particularly the one I know he flapped a little bit at the cross, but it was a high cross, very high cross. And he got back across and made a brilliant save, and he made another low save from the same player not long afterwards. There's other games where, again, he's good handling and 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 general all round play has kept us solid in games. I mean, even in this game, all the talk from from Lummy and James was that he's coming and claiming crosses and taking this thing out of the game was really helping us. It, it's a misjudgment, and a keeper can do that sometimes. Frustrating if he stays literally on the edge of his area. He picks that ball up, no bother. It comes right through to him. Williams doesn't get close to it. But he just took that few steps too far and, and he, he he doesn't need anyone to tell him he's cocked up there. He knows he's cocked up at the end of the day. And it sounds like he got a good reception from the fans at the end, to be fair, which is, is nice to see. But but yeah, there's some people saying, you know, he's, he's a liability. He's costing us games. Get Kelly in goal. I'm thinking, how many have you actually seen Kelly play? Well, how many games has he cost us, really? I mean, that there's an argument. Well, I'm trying to think, like in terms of Holy. Yes, he's cost us this game. Probably you can argue that. Albeit it was one-one at that point, and you can shut up shop and keep you know settle for the point at that point easily. But we didn't. Not the point. Sorry, the the, the draw and the replay. Um, off the top of my head, when else has he made a major cock up? I can't think of one. Like one that's really cost us a win or anything like that. Or a point, you know, cost us a, you know, only got us a point. Can you? No, not really. I I, I think sometimes people just need to calm down a little bit. I think some people haven't taken to him generally. I don't know why, because he seems a decent bloke and he's, you know, he's done a really good job in my eyes. But but yeah, I think sometimes you, you, you need to, I think fans need to calm down a little bit, don't they? I think in terms of stuff like this, there's no need to overreact. At the end of the day, 
he's number one for a good reason, and there's a good reason why Mick Kelly's not really got close to challenging him yet. It's because Holy's the better keeper. At the yeah. end of the day, there's not really much else to say on it, is there, I suppose? Um, no, no. So, yeah, Simo, post-match interview, let's talk a little about this. Uh, is that the angriest he's been since the Harrogate away game last season, do you think? Yeah, by a long way. I don't think I've seen him. He was fuming and he kept very much making the points about the 88th minute. Yeah, we, we were winning that title the 88th minute and we threw it away then. And that kind of thing. I'm loath to criticise Simo at times, but I felt that this was a very emotional post-match interview and normally he's a bit calmer. I think it's almost one of those ones. And I know it's not... It's, it's, it's a difficult one because he, he generally wants to front up as a manager and do the interviews, doesn't he? I think it's one of those ones maybe he could have sent Gavin up to do it because I felt like he was that angry about it. It maybe needed a different voice to go out there. What do you think? Uh, at the same time, maybe players will probably listen to this sort of thing. Yeah. You know, reiterate what is maybe told them in the dressing room we're getting. Yeah, it, it may well I, be I, case. I can't, I, I, I can't. I can't imagine it was the uh, nicest of post-match talk on Saturday. No, no, I'd imagine not. I'd, I, I feel he was a little bit too harsh on Thomas. Maybe, I'm, 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 maybe I'm. Mm. Maybe he feels Thomas is the kind of character who can deal with that, and he's fine, and it'll spare him on. Yeah, that yeah. might be the case. I don't know, but I felt he laboured a little bit too much on the point of you know it's costing the 88th minute, and it's like, yeah, that that cost us the win, but it didn't cost us the draw. Switching off and not taking a chance up front and then not defending properly is what cost us the... I, I'm probably as annoyed about the se- the second goal as I am about the first, if I'm honest. Because I feel like that... Yes, the first one is completely avoidable, but I feel the second one's avoidable as well if you switch on and yeah, you get tighter. Yeah. But, hey-ho. I, I mean... A little, go on. A little bit of an experience for the second one for yeah. the pitch, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that sort of cost us a little bit there in that sense. But yeah, it it sounds like we we just we lost our shape a bit after that. And too many interesting point on the holy thing actually as well. One thing I did notice after he conceded, he, he's clearly gutted. He's down on the floor. He's he's furious himself. Not one player went up to him and said, "Come on, get up. We've got a game to to play here." Still, I, I felt yeah. that was a bit poor by our players. I think I expected a little bit better. I expected one or two of them, maybe one of the experienced heads, to go over and say, "Come on." Don't worry about yeah, it. It yeah. happens. Shit happens, you know. And I think that I think that probably didn't help things either. I think I think if they'd done that, that might have focused them as well a little bit more. And yeah, got yeah. everyone into into shape. But it feels like their heads weren't in the right space at that point. Yeah, uh, tough one. I think does Simo deserve a bit of um, the blame as well for this result? Maybe didn't feel like his subs made the impact, and it didn't quite work out. Mm, possibly, I think it's just one of them games, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we we do we do a bit of a a balls up at some point down the line. I'm yeah. um, I'd rather it was in a cup game than a league game, to be honest. Yeah, no, that that's a fair point. Actually, I'd I'd rather that happen then, and then like let's say a week on Saturday. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. that happen then and say, yeah, you get out of the way, I suppose, and you say, right, you can be more switched on for your future games. You know not to. Yeah to do anything silly so that's, that's a fair point um, look at a couple of positives then um, Ben Barkley making his return to action obviously we mentioned the fact that unfortunately he went off injured in in the game against uh, Blackpool game, yeah, yeah we didn't cover that I don't think but we'll talk about that nah. in a sec but um, nice to see him getting the action again because he, he looked so impressive at the start of the season 
probably not an ideal situation for him to come into there, was it, I suppose? Eight minutes to go. No. Um, Maybe that played a part. He didn't seem to be running back the quickest. Mm. So, I mean, that's, you know, match sharpness, etc. You know, first game back, not going to be 100%. But... In an ideal world where Wheeling gets that injury and comes off, it's Feeney coming on, isn't it? And yeah, Feeney's yeah. a lot more up to the speed and knows well, what to do. If, if Feeney wouldn't would have started anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when Feeney's come yeah. back from injury, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, but yeah, good good to get him back out on the pitch. But frustrating if he's got an injury that keeps him out again. Because but from what Gavin Skelton was saying, the ankle injury he's picked up against Blackpool was a, was the other ankle. So hopefully, it's maybe just a little bruise. One or something yeah. like that, and he's maybe only out for a few days or something. That that's the hope, I think. But we'll have to wait and see with that. Um, we've mentioned Edmo's decent return form. Let's talk about the scenes at the end of the game, then, Dan. Mm. <laughs> not not the nicest, was it? I suppose. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talk of you know we've seen the photos of Jack Earing doing the old shush to the Carlisle fans. It sounds like Hayden White was doing similar after getting some stick in the game. I mean, he deserves some stick for that red card he got against Portsmouth all those years ago. Absolutely disgrace of a foul that was. Um, it's a bit of banter, a bit of fun, isn't it? I suppose sometimes. There's some talk of their players celebrating in front of their fans. I mean, what were our players supposed to do? They scored a goal at the end where their fans are? They, they didn't, you know, proper milk it too much, which they have done this season in some games. I thought they just did a normal, fairly normal celebration in front of the Walsall fans. Yeah. But then obviously yeah. they've got They've got the goals, got back in it uh, at the end. It, it sounds like there's a little bit of misunderstanding. Maybe Devitt was walking back and backed into someone. Yeah. He's been belted and got a black eye, which I've seen on his Instagram feed. It's a lovely little shiner he's got. Um, and yeah, and then all hell breaks loose. Punches been thrown. People on the pitch, allegedly. Yeah, not great to see, is it? I think we're due to beat Walsall at Wembley in the playoff final. <laughs> it feels all set up for that, doesn't it, really? Yeah. yeah Simo said after. Beat, beat Barrow in uh, semis and then Walsall at Wembley. That'll do, mate. Well, but it would have shades of uh, 2005, that wouldn't it? Because obviously Simo yeah. mentioned after the game some of their players banging on our dressing room door and shouting things in, and, and that Flynn actually made those players go and apologise while Flynn was there in the Carlisle dressing room. So. Interesting one, that one, isn't it, really? That happened, obviously, in 2005 with Stevenage. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's a funny point, there, just to make a point to finish that bit up. Um, all that talk, isn't there, from the club of the fact that, oh, you know, the fans' behaviour is going to potentially cost us a fine in the future coming up. Well, yeah. it looks like the players are going to cost them one well before the yeah. fans do. So, um, yeah, based on previous things, I mean, we've been fine. Was it a thousand pound we were fine for the what happened in the Sutton game last season? Yeah. I mean, arguably, this is a bigger brawl than that. So, there's a possibility there's going to be a, a decent wedge of money being uh, taken out. Unfortunately, um, also just a, a brief point to make here. It's something that's been covered elsewhere, I'm sure. But yeah, Walsall social media team's behaviour on Saturday night was a bit weird as well. Yeah, I don't get this. I mean, they they've picked out one Carlisle fan. Um, found a tweet she did when the second round draw was done, just saying that how dull drawing Walsall. Then sort of jokey thing. Oh, hope we get a decent draw in the third round. They didn't tag Walsall in it. She didn't tag Walsall, but Walsall have gone and found it, quote tweeted it, and didn't quite create a pile on, but could quite easily have done. And I'm a bit like, if yeah, you've got ninety thousand yeah. followers, you shouldn't really be doing that, picking out an individual fan. No, for not no really. And I should say that fan's more than capable of defending herself, <laughs> to be fair. But you know, it could have been someone who, who 
can't. And I suppose this is, this is what classes for edgy and banter, doesn't it, for official club accounts these days, which just, yeah. I, I, I suppose I'll never understand it, but there you go. Um, right, I think we've rabbit on enough about the Warsaw game, Dan. Don't think we really talk any more about it. So we'll take a short break and then we'll be back to preview the Sutton game. Hi, I'm Thomas Holy, and you are listening to Brunton Bjorga. See, we back Thomas here, don't we? We'll yeah. back him to start and have a blinder against Sutton, hopefully. So uh, so there you go. Um, right, looking ahead to the uh, Sutton United game. Um, uh, we actually have got a uh, behind enemy line section for this uh, one. But before we do that, Mike has done a question for us for this week, Dan. So do you want to, should, should we do it now? And uh, well, I've yeah, done the yeah. answer. If it's, if it's a short one, we'll do the answer now. Or if it's a longer one, we'll wait until yeah, yeah. Um, later in the episode. Right. So here's Mike's question of the week. So one of the few notable players that's played for both teams this week is Richie Bennett. Now, it took him 15 games to score his first goal for the Blues. Who was it against? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, Richie Bennett. I feel like I know this. I think it might be Crawley Town. That's sticking in my head for some reason. What season did he sign for? He signed It was 17, wasn't it? Or was it? 17. Yes, 2017-18, because it was... Curl's last season in charge. Crawley, I'm trying to think. I think it might have been Crawley that season. That, I don't know why, but that's sticking in my head. Yeah. No, no, he got sent off at Crawley. Was it Crawley got sent off at? Yeah, yeah, he got sent off at Crawley. That's why it's sticking in my head. I'm not sure. No, yeah, I think that's why you're thinking of Crawley. Because I can remember it. He got, did he not get sent off and he shouldn't have been? It was a complete shambles. I think it was, yeah, possibly. I think yeah. you're right there. Uh, first I'm going to go... I would have got maybe Bristol Rovers. I, I know. I can remember he scored against Oldham because there was a big fuss with Oldham oh, being yeah. where he's from. Yeah, he started out there academy, didn't he? I don't know if it was the first, but I'll go Oldham. Right, I'm going to go Bristol Rovers for some reason. I don't know why, but let, let's hear the answer now. So Mike's answer to this week's question. And it was the away game at Chesterfield. Oh, yes. I remember it now as well. I was at that game, damn it. Yes, because he scored, because I think Danny Granger scored the other. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm, right. If I'm right, if I'm right, let me just double check this, right? Because I'm feeling... I think I have a feeling that Christian Dennis might have scored for Chesterfield that day. That uh, rings a bit. Let me. I'm, I'm just quickly googling this as quick as quick as I can. So, 2017-18 season. It was a game at Chesterfield. Yeah, it was a two-two draw. Yeah, uh, he did. Christian Dennis scoring that goal yeah. game for for Chesterfield. And I, I knew that. And Oldham, Oldham was the game after. Ah, there you go. He was on a, in the FA Cup. He scored two. You did ask yeah, it, so, yeah. so we were almost right. We, we, we were yeah. getting close there, but there you go. Yeah, you're right. It was Crawley we sent off against. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I can. I'm sure it was a ridiculous sending off at the time. Yeah, and then because Tom Parks got sent off as well, yeah, and one of their lads late on too. Yeah, 
Yeah, there you go. Right, thank you. Question of Mike. That was a decent question. Actually, quite quite a tricky one. Um, okay, so uh, this this week we have finally got back to doing a behind enemy lines uh, section because it turns out a proper club coming up into the football league actually has got fans on the internet. So there you go. Um, so I spoke to Mike from the Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. Now, if you wonder why that's such a long-winded name. It's explained in the introduction as to why it's called that. So um, you, you, you'll see Mike, Mike does a quite a good explanation of it, but there you go. Uh, so what did we talk about? We talked about the fact that they've had a difficult second season in the EFL. Uh, the work that's going on to upgrade their ground, Gander Green Lane. I love that name for a football ground. That's a proper, you know, southern non-league ground, isn't it, name that? That isn't it. Gander Green Lane. Lovely stuff. And uh, we also, of course, we talked about what a nice guy Toby Show Silver is. So here's the chat I had with Mike. So after a few weeks off, um, due to the fact that we'd already spoken to Walsall in the FA Cup, and as we've said before, Salford do not have any fans on the internet, uh, we're back with Behind Enemy Lines section. And this week, we're talking to Mike from the... It's the Sutton podcast, isn't it, Mike? That's what you told me beforehand, yeah. It is, yeah. It was one of those moments of being overly clever. It's the (laughs) Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. So it's S-U-T-T on podcast, Sutton podcast. Ah, Um, Extremely clever... So much so, I have to explain it every time I talk to someone. <laughs> well, well, just for your background and some of our listeners who may not know this already, we got the Brunton Bugle from asking fans what they wanted and then down one of our um, fellow hosts basically said, well, there used to be a newspaper called the Brunton Bugle that used to go out on a match day like in the early 90s, late 80s. Let's just call it that. All right, then Br- Brunton Bugle it is. So that's what we want. <laughs> um, right, we're not here to talk about the names of podcasts. We're here to talk about Sutton United. Now... I think it's fair to say you guys had a brilliant first season in the EFL, just missing out on the playoffs. I think you guys, did you get to the EFL trophy final as well? We don't talk about that competition on this program, I will be honest, but for the for the purposes of this chat, I'm pretty sure we can say you did, didn't you? We did indeed. Um, yeah. To be fair, we, we don't know the competition in the other format, so it's yeah. not as bad for us as it is for everyone else. Yeah. Um, and we were about mm, 60, 90 seconds away from winning it. Oh, and uh, so and Rotherham scored an equaliser and it destroyed us oh. in extra time. But. Oh, incredible. But yeah, f- for us, I'll, just to give you a very brief sort of oversight of history, we've been to the final six times in the competition and won it twice. Ooh. So it means a lot to our fans. So when it was bastardised, so to speak, by the EFL with letting the PL teams in, it, it's something that a lot of our fans are very much against. So there's been quite a strong boycott. But anyway, I'm getting off on another tangent here. So let's get straight into <laughs> it. So yeah, after that brilliant first season, it's probably fair to say you've had that uh, difficult second season, haven't you, uh, down uh, Gander Green Lane. So what's the fans' thoughts on this campaign so far? It, it, it seems to have been a bit bit more of a slog than uh, last season was. Um, most definitely a uh... Last season probably hasn't helped. If we'd if we'd had this season last season, everyone would have been quite happy and accepted it. Um, finishing well, not, not finished obviously, but sort of lower lower mid table if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but last season was so good; everyone's expectations was much much higher. Yeah. Um, it's realistic, however, it's incredibly unlucky. Um, we lost our best. I mean, they're all great, but our best defender, he swept the awards at the end of last season. And I think he, he managed like half the first half before um, colliding with a post. I think it wasn't damaging his knee. He's been out ever since. And that was in the in the first game. And we've just had injury after injury. Um, I don't know if you know the name Ter- Terry Bullivan. He's been in football for a long, long time. I spoke to him just the other day and he said... Um, it's the worst injuries he he's ever been involved in in football. Not for the amount, but for the long term. So we've got sort of six or seven out for quite a long time. 
and it's all centre backs or centre midfielders. So oh, wow. we're stretched. We're stretched. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it suppose it's been difficult in that sense, hasn't it? Um, my, my next question was going to be: How come things have been harder this time around? See, it sounds like injuries have been a problem, but have, have you lost key players due to transfers as well? I mean, the one that stand out, well, the two that stand out to me, the two ex Carlo players actually, um, Dean. Uh, is it Buzanis? I, think, I, I always Buzanis, get it wrong because he, yeah. he never played yeah. a game for us. So it's, it's one of those oh, ones where, yeah, he, he was a backup keeper and, yeah, he, he disappeared fairly quickly. And uh, Richie Bennett is the other one that we remember at Carlisle. Didn't do, did okay for us, but didn't quite settle in. But yeah, so I suppose that's two players you lost. But other players, I think he had a player on loan from Millwall as well. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Tanto um, was with us on loan for about three seasons. We, we, we had him for one season, then we got him back and then we got him back again. Um, but we always knew we weren't going to get him back. And we also lost David Adjaboy to uh, Peterborough. Um, he was a big loss. And as you say, Richie and Dino, um, big, big players. Um, Dino, huge personality. Um, we've got two good keepers come in, but I'm not sure either one of them have grabbed it the same as, as Dino would have. Um, so we had to sort of fit that in as well. And some of the replacements, um, it's, they're not having the impact that Richie's had coming off the bench. Um, but he obviously wanted to move back to his family in Barrow. And you, you, Sutton are never going to be a club that stands in people's way. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, as you guys know, with Toby, he was kind of our, our fifth choice. And he had a good game up at yours and then he didn't come home, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, very strange, Robert Toby. We'll talk about him in a little <laughs> bit. Um yeah, I mean, we actually spoke to, I think, uh, I can't remember the name of it, it's the Gandemonium. I think we spoke to the guys. It is Gandemonium, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we spoke to them uh, at the start of last season. We actually quite had quite a long episode with, with them talking about something <laughs> because they were a club we weren't used to at that point. Um, and I'm pretty sure, what I remember the, from the chat, they singled out your manager, Macrae, as the main reason you'd done so well after, and not just getting up into the league, but then doing so well after coming up. How important is he to the club and do you think he'll stay long term? It's, yeah, it's vital. Um, he, he's essentially wherever we finish today, he's finished the top three league positions in our history. Um, whatever, whatever happens wow. this year. Um, so, getting us promoted was never really on the cards for Sutton United. And um, the joke is really that when he took the job, Bruce, the chairman, gave him the, um, the the job of making sure we stay in the division, which was the National League. And so, technically, he's failed because he took us out of the National <laughs> League, but the, the direction none of us expected. Um, and yeah, he's, he's got a very clear way of playing. I've spoken to him a couple of times and um, honestly, I'd been ready to give him 20 minutes um, <laughs> after chatting to him. He, he gets players in, he can do the job. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do and he, they, they work really hard for him. As for staying, um, I spoke to Gab Sutton briefly and um, he sort of basically was of the opinion, because obviously we're quite worried. Every time a job comes up, it's like, oh God, oh God. And he said... Matt's not a very fashionable manager. There's going to be clubs that aren't going to be after him because quite simply, he's very rigid with his 4-4-2 mm. and it's not a, a, a romantic choice for a lot of clubs to go for him. So hopefully he'll stay for a long time. He's got a blank canvas where we are and he's building something from start. So yeah, hopefully it's a long, long-term one. So what do you think the aim is for this? Obviously, having sort of done so well last season, I guess now with all the injuries and issues you've had in terms of losing key players, What's the aim for this season in the long term? I'm guessing this season it must be just finish lower mid-table, keep yourselves up steady, rebuild the squad again and start again next season. I mean, it must be difficult as well for a club like you because 
in one sense, you do gain for the fact that you've got such a, a big pool of players to pick from. You can pick off from your, your Premier League and Championship club academies. You can also look at the non-league market. But at the same time, you're also competing with a lot of other clubs. You've got your Wimbledons down there. You've got, you know, your, um, I'm trying to think of like, you know, your Leighton Orient and clubs like that. You're, you're all competing in quite a big pool, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the target, and it was a bit of a joke last season when we were doing so well, but um, it's going to be 50 points for a long time. It's yeah. going to be get 50 points and then see where we can go. That's exactly what we did last season. It's what we're going to do this season. Um, I believe the the target is stay in here for three years and then hopefully all the work on the ground will be done and we can start investing on, in players. Um, but it is about picking up young players who are hungry, um, players who have been around a little bit but um, want to prove themselves. One of the players of last year was Joe Kizzy, who we got from Bromley, who's sort of, he was 28, but he just absolutely took his chance and he's, yeah. he's played brilliantly. Um, so it's, it's 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 all the the ones with something to prove that we that we need um, that Matt's sort of looking at and players that maybe haven't set the world on fire elsewhere, but hopefully they'll fit into what we do. I'm glad you mentioned the ground there because that's actually taken me quite nicely on to the next question. So obviously the games at Brunton Park this weekend, but mm-hmm. I want to sort of go back to the game we played at your place last season because. And this is no slight on Sutton, but that was a real low point for us that season. If you go and look at my Twitter profile, my profile picture is a photo of me taken at half time in that game from the News and Star, our local newspaper took it, and I look miserable as sin, like so down because we we were awful that day. You guys just tore us apart. You were excellent. We were dreadful. And it was a real sort of marker of like, oh, this is really going to be a tough season actually, isn't it? We aren't going to be anywhere near where we were last season where we nearly made the playoffs. And we realised it was going to be a long slog. But the one thing that stood out that day for us was, in the nicest way possible, the state of your away end. But what we did have in the back of our minds was that improvements were on the way. I remember we were talking to some of your fans before and saying, oh, the, you know, there's work being done on it. Come next season, it won't be the same. It looks like the away end's been done now, I guess. Obviously, we come in on the last day of the season, so it could be an interesting one for us. But, but it looks like there's a lot of work going on down at the ground. Yeah, there's... There's work we had to do and had to do quickly because yeah. um, essentially it's, it's a non-league ground. Um, it, as I said earlier, it was never really intended for league football. Yeah. Um, so we, we love the old girl, but improvements have to be made. And they identified the away end as the way we could get these improvements done quickly, as, as not as cheaply, but as quickly as possible to fulfil what we needed to do. Um, it has all changed. I can't remember when you came last season, but um, September. it has definitely... It's September, yes. Yeah, so it was quite yeah. early. So, yes, yeah, definitely all changed now. There's um, lots of um, lovely seats, a nice new stand, little fan zone behind it. In fact, there's a lot of people looking at it um, saying, why are we giving that to the away fans? <laughs> that, should be, that should be the home fans. Um, you've got a nice little roof on, so the away fans do make an awful lot of noise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when you come towards the end of this season, you'll see these massive, massive improvements there. Um, the toilets, unfortunately, despite the fact they should have been <laughs> a national treasure, have have been taken out of use. That's a shame. Um, I mean, we, they were award-winning toilets. They were described as the worst toilets in the country. Well, funny enough, we we actually had a chat on our podcast last week about the worst away toilets we've ever been in because one of our uh, contributors on the episode who sent in a six-second review um, was quite scathing of the toilets at Salford. So. 
that there you go. Maybe you're not. They weren't quite as bad as you think. But um, I, I can't. To be honest, I was that down and depressed that day. I can't even remember what they were like. Yeah. So, so no, they, they 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 were horrendous when we when we were able to walk around the whole ground about six years ago. So I can only imagine what they're like. But yeah, no, it's it's lots of improvements happened. Um, the fan zone's probably one of the most interesting ones because yeah. we we were in a position where we weren't able to let people come have a drink before the match or after the match or during, um, yeah. which not only from a hospitality point of view, that's money walking out the door. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say it, but when people come to visit, we want them spending some of their money in exactly. our bars. Yeah. Um, so we can, we can spend that money on the players. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed. And um, we will look, look forward to the new reviews from people this season. Well, we're hoping we'll be down there celebrating a promotion, maybe. But I mean, probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. But there you go. Um, right. Well, we talked about the ground. Let, let's talk about uh, links between the two clubs because it's a weird one. As a, as a club that's sort of come into the league, we obviously don't have that many links with you because no. you're down south, whereas with like a Barrow or someone like that, there's always going to be closer links. Now, yeah. one of those links is Big Toby Show Silver. <laughs> now, when we signed in from you, Many of your fans suggested you robbed us blind by getting any sort of transfer fee, however small it was, for him. And initially, it looked like that might have been correct. But actually, after settling in, he's become... I mean, he's been unlucky this season. He, 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 he tore his hamstring in pre-season. So basically, he's only re, he only got back to fitness sort of towards the end of October. And because we've had such big injury problems, he actually had to come back and play again when he probably needed two or three reserve games to build himself up. And in our cup game against Tramway, I'm again I'm going on a tangent a bit. He ran himself into the ground to the point he couldn't walk second half and had to be subbed. For we had to stick a midfielder up front because we were that desperate. <laughs> now, yeah, under Simpson last season, when Simpson came in as manager, he became this brilliant impact sub who would come uh-huh. on and just terror. When he started games, he'd never look quite comfortable, but coming on as a sub, he just terrorised defenders and they wouldn't know what to do. He'd back into them. He'd got a bit of pace. It did seem like he was quite a fairly popular lad with you guys, even though you maybe didn't have quite the talent you expected. No, he's definitely popular. He was a little bit unfortunate with the pecking order because he he was kind of down the pecking order. Um, I I wouldn't say we thought we robbed you. We were a little bit surprised and it was kind of our Mm. first sort of introduction to the January transfer window. We were like, hang on, why are you paying money for a a player who probably... would be but, free at the end of the season. Believe you me, we were all thinking the same. What, what, what on earth is going on here? Why are we signing him? I, know, I, I imagine it would have been about 10 grand max or something yeah. like that probably. We'll but there you go. Yeah, we, 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 we were a little perplexed and getting used to it. Um, but it was every. if you ever look back through the messages, you'll see every single one of them was actually fair play, Toby. Um, good luck. Every yeah. Really, really yeah. popular. Everyone loved him. Um, I did try and get him on the show. Um, in the end, I realised it would be a bad idea anyway because um, getting a player who's just moved from the club at a new club was never going to be a great interview. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, we, we were delighted. And at the time, we were scoring late goals, left, right and centre. And he was then coming on for you, scoring late goals, left, right and centre. <laughs> and we're like, hey, there we go, it's the Sutton way. Um, yeah. But this season, we've been doing the opposite and conceding late goals, left, right and centre. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully, Toby doesn't come on and score one. I don't know if he's fit at the moment. Or... He, he's been coming on as a sub late on in games uh... now, so we've got more strikers fit at the moment. So he's not quite... He, to be honest, I don't think he's still fully fit yet. He, it's funny, when he came on, and that game against Trammy, he was unbelievable the first half. He just terrorised their defence. But like I said, at least about five minutes into the second half, you could see he was dead on his feet. And then he came on in midweek at Harrogate in the next game. 
and he could barely run in that. So you could tell, all right, he probably yeah. came back a bit too soon, really. But we didn't have any options, basically. But love, I agree with you. Lovely lad, really lovely lad. And, and Lump on him scoring in the 85th plus minute, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> nailed on this weekend, isn't it? But there you go. Um, well, let, let's quickly look ahead to that one before. I've kept you for quite a bit here now, Mike. So let's just have a little talk about the danger men in your squad to watch out for this weekend. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's... It's a difficult one because we are not we are not firing on all cylinders. We are struggling, mm. and um, pretty much it's going to be counting the bodies and fitting them into the team. Um, we play four four two. Will Randall has been really really good in the last um, few weeks, but he does go hot and cold. Um, young guy we got in from Luton um, was awesome at the start of the season. Um, fell in love with him. He's a lone player. I know you shouldn't do that, but just great, great winger. Uh, but he, again, has been a little bit off the pace the last few weeks. Probably just knackered. Um, then we've got Omar, who's the kind of player everyone loves when you've seen your team, but when he's playing against you, you will not like him at all up front. Um, and Donovan, who's been sort of... Uh, Donovan Wilson, who's the other striker normally, who has been sort of misfiring this season. He just needs that sort of bit of luck to bouncing off his knee or something to get him going. Um, but then you've got Eastie in midfield, who's been around, it seems forever, but he's only yeah, nearly 32. <laughs> yeah, but he's only 32. Well, he's coming up 32. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm sure and, I can remember him. I'm, I'm sure I remember when I was working at the club, him playing for Colchester against us. That's how he was Colchester. Oh. He was Arsenal for a while, yeah. um, Colchester for a while. Yeovil, I think he was at. And then yeah, he kind yeah, of, he was there as well. He, he's settled with us for a good nine years now. Um, but yeah, he's he's, he's a, a good player, buzzing around. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably going to come from set pieces, to be honest with you. Um, and it's just going to depend on who's who's sort of impressed in the last sort of ten days on the training pitch because um, we have been struggling this season. I think I think we've only scored like sixteen, seventeen goals all season. Not not as bad as Gillingham, to be fair. <laughs> we're no. not six or seven, is it? But, um, no, no, yeah, they I mean, scored against us. <laughs> I mean, like, I tell you what, like. This season, we feel your pain on the old injuries. We've had pretty much consistently the whole season at least 10 players out injured. And every time we seem to get someone back, someone else gets an injury. So it's just typical rotten luck, but there you go. Um, Mike, thank you very much. You've been very generous for your time. Before we finish up, uh, we need a prediction. So we always ask our opposition fans to give us their what they think their score will be. Okay, I'm going to say we'll, we'll be getting a real... Um, Hope I can swear shit house one nil victory, and it's heading it's heading for that. And then Toby comes on and scores, and we we're then torn whether we hate him or still love him. <laughs> so one so one, one draw one. you're going for then, right? Yeah. Fair days, okay. Mike, thanks very much for your time, and all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend's game. No problem. Thanks a lot, Lee. Cheers. Okay, so thanks once again to Mike for giving up his time to speak to us about Sutton United. Um, yeah, let's talk about this weekend's game. Just a reminder before we go any further, of course we've said it just earlier, but it's a 1pm kickoff this game. It's not a 3pm kickoff, so make sure you get yourself down to Brunton Park nice and early for this one. Um, and by the time you leave at full time, you'll be able to go and watch Netherlands against USA, won't you, Dan? Because uh, No, because I'll be in work. Oh no, you will, won't you? I forgot about that. <laughs> sorry, I sound like I'm rubbing yes. it into you there. Yes, you do there. Yeah. yeah, sorry. No, I, do. I was, for those listening, I was just, while we were chatting before we started recording, unfortunately, I'm on a late shift at work and can't get cover, so I'll, uh, I'll miss this week. Very rare I miss one, but unfortunately, I have to work occasionally. So That's the way it is sometimes, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah. But there you go. Um, 
Yeah, so this weekend, uh, the, the match official, the referee, is Lewis Smith from Lancashire. Now, this is Smith's first season as an EFL referee. He actually started the season as a National League referee. So it looks like he's been promoted mid-season, which seems a bit weird. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Usually the, you do yeah. a full, you start off at the very start of the season, they have them set. So yeah, he's been promoted to be an EFL referee. Um, he's taken charge of 12 games so far this season, handing out 37 yellow cards and no red cards. That's what we like to see. Just three, red card, three yellows a game, that'll do. It's a nice steady number. Um, heads, off, heads off to back ascending off on Saturday. Exactly. Um, <laughs> last season, he handed out 59 yellows and three red cards in 17 games. It's his first ever CFE game. In fact, it's only his second ever EFL game. Interesting, that one. Um, head-to-head record, there's not much to say. It's a third meeting between the two sides. We've lost both of them so far. Um, we, we'll talk about those games in a minute, I'm sure, Dan. Um, Do we have to? We were crapping barking. Oh, <laughs> bloody awful, weren't we, in both games? Um, well, Sutton United. Let's just talk about them generally then, Dan. Um mm. Difficult second season, I think it's fair to say, for them. You know, having, I mean, last season... It's probably fair to say they exceeded all expectations, didn't they? Because when they came up, you look at the squad they had. They didn't make a massive amount of change to it. They generally stuck with what they had. They brought in Richie Bennett as sort of an experienced head to play up front. Um, and I think most people thought, okay, mid-table, low mid-table maybe, but only narrowly missed out on the playoffs in the end, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, I know we don't like to talk about the trophy, but yep. they also got to Wembley in the trophy, didn't they? And they were minutes away, like just a few minutes away from winning it, weren't they? See, I, I, it's some, it's something uh, we can maybe ask next time. The I obviously I haven't heard the chat before we recorded. I can see how teams like Sutton would like the Peter Trophy. To be fair, as, as the People who've been listening already will see it. Mike did say because, that. He said they don't know the past history of it. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just another competition for them, yeah. you know, which I, which I do get, you know. I mean, they don't have sort of the historical connection that we yeah. do with it, you know. So. Yeah. The Hartlepools of the world should know a lot better, though, shouldn't they, really? Yeah, because they, yeah. they were in it originally. So, so yeah, for yeah. them, it's it, it's pretty poor that they don't stick to the boycott when they, when they yeah. should do. But, um, but yeah... When you, when you look at it, it's one of those things with them, isn't it, with, with, with Sutton. There's big advantages for them to, to being in London as a club. They can pick off players coming through academies who get let go at 18, who aren't good enough to you know go to a championship club or a League One club or something like that. They can pick up those sort of players, can't they? Or they can pick up these... There's some incredible talent in non-league football in London, isn't there? We've said this before. That, you know, I, I've mentioned before, there's a bit of a conveyor belt, isn't it? You know, you get... You get players who'll play for Dagenham, Barnet, yeah. Wealdstone, Sutton, Bromley, yeah. you know, the, various the, the, other teams. There seems to be one of these outskirts of London clubs. They seem to rotate which one's the one is picking off the best of them, isn't it? So yeah, Dagenham yeah. have done it in, in recent times. Barnet do it every four or five years, don't they? I mean, yeah, it looks like yeah. they're having another good season at the moment. Wealdstone are one of the new up-and-coming ones that are doing it. Um, I'm trying to think others down that way. I'm sure that there's... We'll, we'll mention more on Wheelstone later, won't we? We, we will indeed. Um, so yeah, there's always, they've always got these chances to pick off these players. But at the same time, there's so many clubs down there. There's so many non-league clubs that... And obviously you've got the big London clubs and you can get to them quite easily on the tube and things like that. It's difficult. They've, they've got to sort of balance off the competition, haven't they? Mm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge. And for Sutton as well, 
you've got Wimbledon not too far away and they've properly revived themselves as a club. I mean, they're getting crowds of, what, seven or 8,000, aren't they, this season, I think, in the, back in on Plough Lane. So it, it's tough for them, but but they compete quite well, don't they, in terms of crowds, from what I can see. They, they seem to get well over 2,000 most weeks, So, which is what you want to see. You want to see uh, it's going to take them a while to build those crowds up regularly to over Oh, 3, yeah, 000. I mean, well, you can say they've got, they've got Wimbledon not too far away. Yeah. Brom, Bromley's just to the east. Yeah. Then Palace. you've got Crystal Palace are the main team. Yeah. You've got Charlton and Millwall not too yeah. far away. They've got quite a few teams around them, you know. Yeah. And Kingstonian, I suppose. Well, I suppose they're, they're struggling yeah. a bit more now these days, aren't they? And, and Woking just down the road. So it's... Traditionally, you've also had quite a bit of Chelsea support south of the river as well, yeah. which, you know, southwest of the river. You've got Brentford, Fulham. There's... But on, on the flip side, there's plenty of teams that they should be looking to maybe take the odd player off as well, you know. Yeah, not been so lucky with that this season, interesting. I mean, looking yeah. at the squad, Dan, I mean, they lost the, the lad they had on loan from Millwall, didn't they? I can't remember what his name was now, but he went back to them. He had, I think he'd had been there three seasons in a row on loan, and I think finally Millwall, yeah. like, he probably needs to go somewhere else or play with us now, doesn't he? Yeah. So they haven't got him back this season. In terms of what they've lost, they lost three key players, didn't they, basically? They lost Richie Bennett, and that was because he wanted to move back up north. Which is, you know, fair enough as a club. You'll go fair dues, you know, gives him a chance to, you know, because he's, he's at the age now, Richard, where he probably doesn't want to be travelling too much. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Bowie, you know, he he was excellent against us last season in both yeah, games, wasn't yeah. he? Real, real player. And no no shock that Peterborough were there to pick off a player at a London club or a non-league club. No, you know, I'm not to, sure. to sign them. That, that's, that's their... That's their reality, um, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically that they're, they're... What's the word I'm trying to think of? Um... As a club, that's what their ethos is, isn't it? Basically, yeah, one these, of them, yeah, these yeah. players, and and uh, it's hopefully something we could start to do in, in, in years coming to come, obviously, with what uh, Greg Abbott's now doing. Um, but the other one was uh, Dean Buzanis, someone obviously, he's an ex Carlo player as well, like Richie Bennett, but never made an appearance for us, he was only on the bench no. a few times. Um, a proper revival for his career, isn't it? He, and he's actually now because Reading came in for him. They signed him on a free transfer. His contract was up. He's actually playing games for it. I thought he was just going to go there. Yeah, like a second uh, choice. no, he, he went to second choice, played a cup game. He's played a couple of games when other keepers obviously had a knock or whatever. Mm. Then he came on a sub two games ago. Uh, the keeper got injured after about yeah. half an hour, so he, he finished that game and then played the next one. So he's played about half a dozen games. So. Yeah, so done probably better yeah. than expected, but he was a big one for them as well because he was pretty much ever-present, wasn't he, I think, last season. Yeah, so yeah. to lose... You've not lost the spine, I suppose, because you haven't lost your midfield or your defence, really, but you've lost them and you've lost your lone players, haven't you? I think that's one of the key yeah. things. And and the result is that it, it's been a real slog for them this season. I mean, they, they won last time out. They beat uh, Rochdale, which, I mean, it's a big result for them, that isn't actually to beat Rochdale, who were right down there with them near the bottom. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, narrow 1-0 win, but that was only their second win in the last 10 league games. They've mm. only won... I, I, I do apologise, I know I'm putting a curse on this right now. They've only won once away from home this season. And that was one, AFC... One is, one is better than none. Yes, that's Carl true. That's, 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 that's a fair point. That one yeah. game was at AFC Wimbledon, so it's, it's effectively a, lo- a local derby and it, an easy game to get to, you know, not much travelling involved. So in terms of travels this season, they're really struggling. They're, they're, I think they've only picked up maybe two more points other than that out of the like nine or ten games they've played away from home. So 
we really should be looking at this as a real chance to bounce back from the FA Cup game, shouldn't we? Oh, definitely. It's it's probably one of the best sort of fixtures we, we could, if you could cherry pick a picture, yeah, a, a picture of fixture. Yeah. it would probably be this game. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's ideal. You know, opponent who aren't playing too well, don't travel well, longest journey, early kick off. Weather's took a bit of a turn. It's a bit yeah. dank at the moment. It, it, it's absolutely ideal for a yeah. 2-0 defeat. hundred percent, hundred percent, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, let's have a quick, before we talk about those games last season again, so let's, let's talk about their squad generally. Obviously, we talked about in terms of, you know, the, the players they've lost. I mean, incomings and current squad. I mean, of the players who came in, I mean, there's a couple of names that stand out. First of all, Kwame Thomas. He obviously had a a little trial with us a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. I think it was now. Um, I think he's been. Was it Wrexham last season? He was at. So um, yeah. he's doing the rounds. Uh, again, I apologise in advance for saying this. Thirteen games, no goals. It's going to happen. He's been on the bench for them lately, so hopefully he won't be starting. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, they've signed some players from unusual clubs last season. I'm sure they did as well, didn't they? And this season's been no different. I, I love it when this happens. So. Um, Tope Fadahunzi have I, I hope I've pronounced that right I do apologize if I haven't so Tope Fadahunzi uh, signed from Loughborough Uni he was a student there I'm presuming so he signed from them yeah I think we, we noticed in the pre-season preview that the yeah, sort of yeah. level of team they were signing from wasn't the highest and don't get me wrong some of these players could turn into good ones but Two or three together, it's it's certainly high risk strategy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the lad Sam Hart they signed from Oldham. He actually looked quite good for Oldham, I think, when we played yeah, him yeah. down there. So that's that's probably a fairly decent signing. Um, they've got a lad on loan from Luton and a lad on loan from Lincoln, and that's it. I, that's I, like yeah, I'm surprised mm. they didn't have more on loan. Very surprised with that, but um, yeah. just the way they've got to choose. I mean, Luke Gam- Gambin, obviously, he's played at this level quite a while before, but he's been have you been back over in, in Malta, Hamron Spartans. It's a great name for a team, isn't yeah. it, really? And then I, I think it's fairly random signing a lad from Whitby Town to Sutton, isn't it? Very. I think we said that at the time, like, of all the clubs to go to from yeah. from Whitby, if you're a player who's capable in the Football League, to go all the way to London. But hey, oh, it sometimes work out. I think the, the one yeah. that stands out for me in terms of their signings is Aaron Pierre. I think, you know, big yeah, experienced yeah. defender, That's, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and all, all those who've been there a while, Eastman's the one that I always mention because he's... Yeah. Eastmond and Beautyman are the two out there in midfield. They've yeah, got yeah. bags of experience. You know, they're they're, yeah. they're going to be two key players. And I think Joe Kizzy looked quite good against us as well, actually, I think, in the game at Brunton Park. I mean, let's very briefly, Dan, before we wrap this bit up, talk about those two games. I mean, probably two of the worst games last season, weren't they? The, Sutton... the, away, game, the away game was just shocking, yeah. wasn't it? It was just... <laughs> I remember that half-time. We were only 2-0 down, bear in mind, at half-time. But when... when my uh, Twitter profile picture was taken by uh, one of the uh, photographers yes. taking yeah. pictures of fans in the crowd. Um, I remember briefly going to go to the toilet or something, passing the uh, the food truck and someone said, I think the woman said something like, oh, do you want anything to drink? And, and one of the lads said, can I have some of that bleach, please? <laughs> that was, yeah, that that was the feeling. Amongst the, I mean, it just got worse and worse. And I, re- I remember doing the post-match with Radio Cumber after that game and I... I had to stop myself from swearing a couple of times and I had to try and keep calm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure even I was saying then, like, how long do you carry on with this? How long do you, does he keep his job? Do you, do you know what genuinely amazed me after that game? And yeah. 
my mate Stevie, who travelled with me, we stopped yeah. over. Uh, there was people actually applauded them off after that game. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not one for hurling abuse at players and that they have bad yeah. games. It happens, but to actually stand and clap them after that performance, yeah, that, that, that just blew my mind. I think yeah. you'd have been better just standing there silent for that game because that's how bad it was. Standing there silent, just shake, slowly shaking yeah. your head at them would be the best thing. But yeah, it was bad. And I remember, I think that's probably the first point where I think I was even saying like, I don't think Beach is up to this. I don't think he can get us back into it. And then I think for weeks after that, I think all three of us were basically saying, weren't we? So how long does he carry on like this? Because you just couldn't. I think it did he last another three weeks, maybe, was it? Would have been? I think Bristol Rovers was sort of mid to early... October wasn't it and this game was sort of towards the end of September but yeah it, it was it was dire and and the writing was very much on the wall then and um you know a summer signing like Manny Mampala just you know you, you could see the level of quality he had couldn't you in that game uh, yeah he's about four or five minutes on the pitch that he got mm. um yeah and then the home game just well just when you thought things maybe were picking up under Millen and we just got bullied out of that game didn't we yeah. absolutely bullied out we were dreadful really bad I mean Toby came on as a late sub I think for them did okay and then got his move up didn't he as a result so um, that's one bonus I suppose to come from that game but yeah <laughs> it was one of those things wasn't it you looked and you thought they're just so much better organisers there's so much more yeah. drilled and that's the positive to take we won't get bullied this time will we no certainly not the way we're playing, we'll leave it. You'd hope not, anyway. Uh, well, let's talk about United then before we wrap this up, Dan. Um, injury wise, sadly, two more, potentially three, possibly four more added to the list again now, isn't it? So, obviously, Feeney and back, we'll talk about them in a minute. But Whelan, he, he came off against Walsall, um, bit of a collision with um, with Thomas Holy by the sound of things, but apparently, it's something he'd picked up earlier in the game, actually, and it maybe just made it a little bit worse. So, touch and go to see whether he plays. I'm sure that. Simo's probably telling the media right now while we're recording this what's happening yeah, yeah. <laughs> as it usually happens with this. Um, so yeah, for him, it's that's frustrating. And then, um, who's it? So Ben Barkley, obviously in that reserve game, potentially out, but Feeney and Barkley, let's talk about them. So obviously Simo revealed after the Walsall game that it looks like Morgan Feeney's not as bad as first feared. So it's three to four weeks, I think, for him. Yeah, yeah. So the hope is round about Christmas he'll be back, which is round about the time when Mario Patrick's due back as well, isn't it? It's, it's mm. kind of weird. We, we haven't mentioned him for so long because he's been out for this, what, 11 weeks stretch? It'll, it'll, uh, as someone said to me the other week, it'll be like getting a new signing for January. Well, you think if if, as long, if the rest of the strikers can keep themselves fit and you know Toby can build his fitness up again, you've got five really good options in attack then come January, haven't mm. you? And obviously you can, you can even include Gibson in that in terms of, you know, he plays almost as an attacker, doesn't he? So... That, that's a real positive take. And I think that's why a lot of people are putting us quite high up in the predictions, actually. I think yeah. something like that, knowing those players are coming. But the biggest blow, Finn back. Not good news at all, is it, Dan? No, no. Uh, three to four months, you, you're talking March to April, aren't you? It's uh, a big blow. A real big blow. Because he didn't look, it's, didn't it's look that bad. Very, it? very bad for him as well, you know, because he's yeah. obviously had such a, a good spell. But, I ask you a question here. Do you let Forrest recall him in January? 
and free up a loan space, knowing the fact that he's only going to be back for what four, maybe five or six games at the end of the season, and he'd still have to build his fitness up, obviously, before that. What do you do here? Do you, do you stick with it? There is a school of thought that agrees with that for me because. Because Joel Senior's going to be back fit as well, isn't he? Hopefully, by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if he's, he's fit and raring, and you've got Jack Ellis uh, can play there. Jack Ellis has been playing games, and worst case, uh, Corey Whelan can play there. You know, yeah. Gibson even. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be the daftest move. It wouldn't be the daftest move for me. I suppose he's waiting on his second scan, so it might turn out that it's not yeah, as bad as yeah, expected. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully that'll be the case. You but... know, if it ends up maybe getting cut to. Mid February, yeah, you'd stick probably keep him, you know. But if it is going to be March or April, it wouldn't surprise me if there is a decision to be made. Because when you think about it, you, I'm I'm trying to get, I've got the fixtures up here. Um, obviously, we've got Hartlepool to fit in as well, haven't we? I suppose so. You've got five, five. I mean, there's 10 fixtures alone in January and February, yeah, and then another four in March, so potentially 14 fixtures. You have got a busy April, but let's say he doesn't. He's not ready for the start of April. Yeah, you might yeah. only have him back for five games. Yeah, and potentially you could look at maybe getting someone in who can play fifteen, sixteen games. It's it's a big question because I mean, come January, we've got a question to ask about Duncan Idaho and whether you persist with with him if you've got everyone fit again, or whether you use that money elsewhere because he's only a six month loan. It's it's a tough decision for Simmer to make, isn't it? Really, how how you balance things out, possibly. With that, I'd, mm. I'd love for him to stay. I really would because I think he's a brilliant. Oh player, yeah, but... don't get us wrong. We'd all love him to stay. But but, the, but then you think it's like, oh, you're wasting a space in the squad. Or you could have yeah. someone in. I mean, could well, make an impact. Let's be honest. I think Ida Hen will be back to Bristol City. Yeah. Uh, Barkley's going to stay. You would think, yeah. As, as... well, Ida Hen's January only, anyway, isn't he? Yeah. So the other ones, yeah. the other ones can be recalled. There's always a recall option yeah, in every yeah, loan, yeah. basically. Despite what clubs tell you, there'll always be an option to recall oh, a player. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you remaining free. Barkley, I think, will stay. You want to build his fitness up again and carry on. Um, Stratton's not going to go straight into the Derby first team, yeah. so he'll stay. Yeah, Hilton's the only other one. There's a question on whether Fuller might look to send him somewhere else to get more game time. I don't think they will. I think they'll look. The but he's been, he's been injured, injured. hasn't he? So, he's been injured, yeah. so I think he'll get more time. Yeah. So. Potentially, you've got one loan space free anyway. Do you want to have two loan spaces free so you can bring in two fresh players? That, 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 that's the big question. I'd I, I, think, I think some of it will depend on what recruitment we do. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, in terms of this game, Dan, any changes you'd make? Obviously, we, I don't if, if Whelan's not fit, Barkley's going to have to come in if Ga- he's fit. Guy back in if he's fit. Yeah. Is the obvious one. We might have uh, to go. To be honest, we might end up having to go. Would we have to go far at the back potentially for this one? Because if, unless Idahan comes in maybe and then Hunton goes across and Mellish goes into midfield and you've got, you go far at the back mm. and you push Mellish into there. Yeah. That might be the option. Who'd, who'd be a manager? Who'd be a manager? Oh, yes. That's, it's one of your favourite phrases, that isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Silly. But it's, it's yeah, it, it's a very tough one because if if Barkley's not it, fit, it's it's why I never go Carlisle on Football Manager. I always do. I start a new game I, and yeah. No, no, I, I never do because you're too biased. Because I, I just make I just make Christian Dennis like player manager <laughs> and yeah, like 
change his ratings to twenty take, for everything. Take it, take over the England squad and put him in there as yeah. well and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That, that's the big question, isn't it? Defense, I think. I think attack. You just, you stick with what you got, Edmondson and yeah, Dennis yeah. up there. Midfield, there's there's tweaks to be potentially made. You know, obviously we've guy possibly coming back in, but um, yeah, I have to wait and see how that goes. Because the thing is. You can always put Guy in there with Gibson and Mox, uh, with um, Charters and Moxon, can't you? And, and stick yeah, Gibson I, I out could, wide. I could, I could see maybe Gibson in for Charters. Well, Gibson Guy did start, Moxon. isn't it? So you think you yeah. mean Charters out for Guy? You mean then, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It depends on the defence, doesn't it? And whether yeah, yeah. who's fully fit with that for that, I suppose. Yeah. So, so we'll have to see how that goes. Um, right, well, let's get on to predictions, Dan. Obviously, we, both me and you gained a point at the weekend. We got we predict Edmondson to score. Um, you were very close to getting the full house. I know, I know. So, so close. Mike got nothing again because he's not very good at this, clearly. Um, <laughs> I'm staying the obviously. I'm, 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 Tempting fate in the second half of the season, but we've got a comfortable lead over him at the moment, and he's not on to defend himself, so sod him. Um, right, Dan, what are you going to predict for this one? 3-0 win, Dennis Edmondson and Huntington. Dennis Edmondson and Huntington, okay. Uh, I'm going for this uh, balls out on the table, 5-0 win. Comfortable win, batter them with, um, you know, I think there'll be a real, real reaction to that Walsall defeat, I think. Really, really impressive. Um Goals, uh, Edmonton will get one, Dennis will get a brace, and then goals for uh, Huntington, because I'll keep doing it until he does. And uh, Charles will get another, why not? Charles will get another, so there you go. Uh, right, let's hear what Mike's prediction is for this game. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 win this week with goals from Dennis and Edmonton. Ooh, quite close to yours, that, isn't it? Mm. There you go. Right, uh, X file section. Very short and brief this week, isn't it? Especially Very goals. Short and goals. Brief, yeah. yeah. Goals both came in the same game, and as mm. mentioned earlier, Wealdstone had a three-one win over Scunthorpe, who are absolutely buggered oh. at the moment. The second uh, one, I think. Micah Oviedo and Olafella Olamola got the goals. Yeah. They were literally the only goals. If there was any others, they were missed. But they were the only two that I noticed. Uh, Other news. I'm just getting the table up here and looking. They are currently joint bottom. Mm. Only stay only off the bottom on having two better goal difference than Torquay United. And they didn't they didn't pay the staff yesterday. And Oldham, uh, their third bottom. Albeit Oldham have got three games in hand, a lot of the teams above them. Yeah. So they could pull away, but I mean. It's not great for either of those teams, is it, right no. now? Uh, other news, uh, Joe Fryer uh, yes. has obviously retired from uh, the pro game. Uh, he's taken up a goalkeeper role, coach role in Middlesbrough's academy. I think yeah. he was doing a little bit of stuff anyway, yeah. but he's got a more sort of solid deal with them. I think Middlesbrough are uh, quite a good club, aren't they, in terms of looking after former players? Yeah, they get yeah, a lot yeah. of players involved. And, in and he's from the area, isn't he? Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah. bless him, the lad had rotten luck, didn't he? I mean, that, he was looking so good, wasn't he, when he when he first some, signed on loan? Some of the biggest transfer news of the season. Connor Simpson, yeah, remember him? <laughs> yeah. He's left Mask United and joined Whitby Town for an undisclosed fee. A packet of crisps and a, you know, maybe a sandwich Twi- or something like that. Twix and three quid or something. Yeah, uh, maybe. And this was, this was a good one that got yeah. sent to me. Uh, cheers to my mate Brian who sent it over to us. 
Gary Bennett, uh, former defender, obviously well-known more for his Sunderland time, etc. He received an NBE from King Charles III recently. Oh, yeah, very good. So he does a lot of campaigning for um, uh, show races in the red car, doesn't he? Yeah, stuff like yeah. that, I think. he's because yeah. he, he goes back to Burton Park a lot, actually, to do a lot of stuff to do with that. Um, yeah, by yeah. all accounts, really nice bloke. And it's one of those plays that kind of gets forgotten, doesn't he? Because Derek yeah, Manfield yeah. was so good the season before, you kind of forget... Yeah. He was actually a very good player the season after for us as well. Yeah, we were yeah, unlucky that we went good. down. Yeah. And I think Dean Walling always talks about the fact that both Mountfield and Bennett were big influences on him, weren't they, in terms of yeah, yeah. playing alongside them. So, uh, and that's, yeah. that's it for next Blues. Yeah, Not much at all. Very, very quiet indeed this week. Uh, and that's it for this week's episode as well. Um, thanks once again for joining me, Dan. Really appreciate no it. Uh, thanks once again to our sponsors, the London branch. Um, I am going to get one of those interview episodes out soon. I, I do apologise. Very, very busy week or two. So it, it's, it's getting down to actually finalising it. So um, you might even have one out by the time that you hear this, because I might do one this evening. I might actually finish it off. Don't, don't want to make any promises, but you know. Um, in terms of the upcoming podcast, we're going to start looking at the Christmas schedule soon, because obviously um, I'm going to be up in Cumbria for a lot of Christmas. So I, I might uh, we might have to look at doing a... A Christmas special ahead of the uh, the Boxing Day, uh, the midweek Christmas and New Year games. So just pack them all into one, um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and obviously next week we'll be back with a preview of um, some insignificant game against some team from down the A595. Mm. Sums it up, doesn't it? Pretty well. Um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Dan, thanks for joining me. No bother. Thanks everyone for listening and up the blues. Up the blues.